You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now entering Happy Wednesday, Second Print Potters. I don't know. We need probably need a better name for our fans than that. Second Print Nation, Second Print Something, but welcome back to the Second Print Comics Podcast, featuring I, your well, I don't want to say number one host. One of your hosts, Mark Claire, wow. and of course, <laughs> well, I'm number one as in I'm, I'm the first one to speak today, so in, in order. Uh, but of course, as always, I'm here with my man, the rambling man himself, Remzo Martinez. What's happening, brother? What's going on, buddy? It's another day, another dollar, another day here at SPC. Yeah, yeah. It is indeed. And, uh, you know, Remzo, we're, we're going to do today something a little bit different, breaking format a little bit, as we're going to be doing a little bit over, well, I say the summer. It's not really the summer yet, but we're going we're gonna to kind of fudge it a little bit and say it is and start summer a little early because we're going to do a little summer vacation series where we do a number of shows, um, kind of breaking from our normal format, um, partially because we want to and it's fun to mix things up sometimes, but also because you and I have a crazy month or two ahead of us individually and it's going going to be hard for us to get together and do the same preparation we often do uh, for our normal podcast. So we're doing our best to get ahead, get some other shows out for you guys and, you know, experiment, do some interesting things along the way. So I'm excited about it. Are you? Oh, yeah. This is a th- this is a season where, you know, everyone is finally leaving their homes after a few years locked inside. Things are opening up. The weather is nice if you're not here in Wisconsin. And uh, we've just got a lot to look forward to. Movies are back. So why not go ahead and celebrate all the things we love the only way we know how, the SPC style? Exactly. Well, speaking of movies, that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be ranking the entire MCU. That's right. Ranking the MCU between Remzo and I. Um, before I do that, of course, I want to remind you, follow us. Don't follow us you know, in your car or you know, in our personal lives. That would be weird. But follow us on social media. We are at Second Print Pod anywhere you can imagine. Twitter at Second Print Pod, Instagram at Second Print Pod. And of course, if you really, really want to give us some of your hard earned money and hear all of these episodes early and get tons of bonus 
audio goodness, including reviews of pretty much every MCU, not pretty much every MCU uh, Disney Plus show. Uh, also, the Star Wars shows. I'll be doing recaps with my friend Dan Smots of The System is Down of the upcoming Obi-Wan series. You get Remzo versus the MCU. You get Remzo rants. You get What Mark Missed. You get bonus potpourri episodes. It's insane, actually, how much bonus content you can get for as little as a measly five bucks a month. You can get all of that over on Patreon at patreon.com slash Second print pod, Remzo. I think that's that's all I got. Are you ready to dive in? Because we got a we got a lot to talk about. Let's here. jump into it. All right. Well, as I said, we're going to rank the MCU, and I think the way we're going to do this is we've each got our own lists prepared here, and uh, we'll go back and forth and just sort of you know from the, there are twenty eight total movies. We are of course including the non Disney owned movies that are still in MCU canon. So this will include the Incredible Hulk as well as the Spider Man movies, um, even though those are you know produced by Sony and Universal blah 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 who cares about the behind the scenes do they matter in the mcu if the answer is yes they will be on this list and um, i have devised a little point system basically the number 28 movie will get one point the number 27 movie will get two points etc etc for each of us at the end i'm gonna try to keep keep track of this somehow as we go along the way in the end we will have a final agreed upon maybe not agreed upon but by the numbers agreed upon list of spc ranking the mcu is that enough letters? I think so. SBC ranking the MCU. So, that being said, why don't we just start at the bottom? Started the bo- started at the bottom. Now we're here. Uh, I will take the reins here with my number twenty eight. And honestly, this wasn't really hard. This wasn't actually hard at me at all for me at all because I sat through almost three hours of this movie, really wanting to like it, really ready to like it, really trying to like it. But the truth is. This bored the shit out of me for three hours, and this movie is The Eternals. Ramza. I am so glad that we could start this show off by agreeing with each other. I, I really like a, a lot of these. Like, I, I really I wanted to start from the top, like my top five, then my top ten, then I kind of worked down. But it was easier for me to just kind of figure out, like, in terms of anticipation, do I have fond memories of these movies? Do I enjoy them? Have I watched them more than once? I I did not like anything about Eternals. That movie has no redeeming qualities. It's an abortion of a film. It's a crime against humanity. It's by far probably, I won't say it's my least favorite episode we've ever recorded, because when we went into the Eternals comics, we had fun making fun of that. But oh, yeah. com- I had a blast. Reading but that the conversation Kirby we had stuff. as we did a brief review about that film was was pure drudgery. We do only for the listeners. So, yeah, Eternals last on the list, last in our hearts. <laughs> indeed and uh yeah i mean it's almost hard to believe this movie was made by you know produced under the same umbrella as some of these other amazing films uh it's just yeah there's not that much to say there's so many characters it's completely disjointed uh it doesn't really even feel attached to the rest of the mcu and the one thing you'd think you might get from it or you think a couple strapping young males like us might get from it is hey well at least Selma Hayek's in it and and you know Angelina Jolie's in you it don't you don't know, cover up Selma they, Hayek <laughs> they are wearing you know look whatever I it, yeah even they were were not enjoyable in this film let's just put it that way so I'm glad we could agree the Eternals which between the two of us gets a total of two points so not not looking good I think we can safely say the Eternals will be is the last ranked movie right now um there the only so. film that could ever give it a run for its money was more Morbius, but I'm tempted to say I would watch Morbius again before I watch Eternals, and I hated Morbius. I haven't seen I haven't seen Morbius yet. I'm morbidly, and 
this, that pun was not intended. Morbidly curious to, just to check it out, um, considering that review of yours. But we will move on now. Um, why don't we go back and forth here? So I'll let you bring up your uh, number 27. My number 27, if you listen to uh, a recent episode we did where we covered Ant-Man season one, the original graphic novel, I gave my thoughts on the Ant-Man film. Ant-Man in comics? Yay! Ant-Man in film? Eh. So my number 27 is the last film of Marvel Phase 2. It felt like tiny Iron Man. Paul Rudd just does not capture me like most people. I think I've come to like his character more. But as far as this film is concerned, I remember watching it in 2014, 2015 when it came out with my brother. And the first thing I told him was, I think I found Marvel's first bomb. So Ant-Man. All right. Well, this is where it didn't take long for us to diverge. As we've discussed before, while I don't think Ant-Man is is one of the best movies or anything, I I don't hate it. Um, I find it enjoyable uh, in a sense on the surface. Paul Rudd entertains me. Um, Who's that guy? Who's his psychic guy? I don't I don't remember his name in real life. Do you remember his name in real life? Oh, uh, Michael Pena. You know, that's one of the that's one of the things that makes me mad about this film. Michael Pena is a fantastic actor. And you're telling me. You're, uh, you know, in an age of everyone's diversity, everyone's going to be strong and empowered. You take one of the best Latino actors in Hollywood and you make him a Mexican stereotype. He's not even really funny. That's the that's one of the biggest thing that, that things that offends me. It's like they, they took this actor and they just made him they, they made him into a sideshow. And I, I don't appreciate that. That 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 actually to me is more offensive than the Trevor Slattery shit. All right. Well, fuck Ant-Man. We'll just move on then. <laughs> um, my 27 is not Ant-Man. Um, this was tough. There's a, there's a, a few you know around here. And we're already in the point where I pretty much don't hate any of these other movies. Um, I just like them l- less than others. You know, but The Internals is really the only MC mo- movie, you movie that I truly disdain. I just do not like it straight up. Um, that being said, my number 27, it's quite a dichotomy because I do have the other films ranked a bit higher. But and again, this is a movie I wanted to like. This is a movie I should have liked. This is this had a, a what should have been a great villain has some actors I really like. But it just fell flat to me, especially as a follow up to one of the better movies in the franchise. My number 27 is Iron Man 2, Renzo. Wow. Wow. Is your 27? Wow. It is. I would see mid range, but this is harsh. Yeah. I mean, I would put Ant-Man mid range. So, yeah, here Teach we are. Their own. Here we are. I mean, Mickey Rourke is such a great actor, and he was so disappointing in this. Maybe it's a matter of expectations. Um, what's his name? Justin Hammer. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on a lot of actors' names. Oh, he played George Bush. But, yeah, great actor. I mean, he wasn't bad in this. I mean, the movie just never, ever clicked for me. You even have Scarlett Johansson in it. It just never, ever clicked for me. And it's a movie I've tried to re- I've rewatched and tried to rewatch and see like and reevaluate and see if I could like it more. And I just never could like it more. So, yeah, just a measly two points for me from Iron Man 2, number 27. Uh, moving along. And again, like, I don't have to say for really any of these movies. Like, you know, I, I don't like it, but it's it's OK. So. Moving on to my number 26 now. Again, you know, this is a movie I, I may have not always given a fair shake. Um, and I do like some of the elements of the movie. I like what they try to do with the movie, but I'm, I'm stretching myself on this one. My number 26, again, which is in stark contrast to another one of the films that we'll talk about later with the same character. My number 26 is Thor The Dark World. We were we were close. I, I don't want to tell you where I put that yet. But uh, yeah, I mean, Thor the Dark World, like 
as I was putting this list together, like you, I don't hate any of these movies except Eternals. But what really helped me kind of fly through a few of them was the number of films I've only seen once. I've only seen Thor The Dark World once. I saw it in theaters, a movie theater in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And I saw it with my friends. And, you know, this is right at the beginning of phase two. We walked out. And we were all just kind of like, eh, it was a it was an MCU film. OK. I yeah, think I think enough. over the I mean, years, the Dark World has become more justified, especially as they flushed out Thor and everything. But in and of itself, it's not a good movie. It's a movie you have to watch to understand a lot of things, but it's not a movie you watch for pure enjoyment. And, and the fact is, I mean, everyone loves Thor now because of Thor Ragnarok and uh, because of what they did with him in, in Infinity War and Endgame. And th- this character really became something. I mean, one of the best parts of the MCU. But early on, he was kind of just a generic thunder god. Not all that, not all that deeply interesting. H- Hemsworth didn't think he was going to get called back after Avengers 2. Really? After Age of Ultron? Yeah, because they filmed it back to back. He actually thought that because of the reviews from fans and everything for the Dark World and everything, that they were just going to let Thor like you know, play in the background and stuff, and his, his whole story was done. That's how badly this movie did. Interesting. Well, that being said, what is your number 26? Right My now? number 26 is Captain Marvel. Okay. Um, it's right. just... Right. I, 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 want, I want to give it some credit because... It's not it's actually one of the more original origin stories for a Marvel hero post Iron Man. I want to credit that. I like the 90s time setting. I like how they kind of fill it in. I I like seeing, uh, you know, Samuel Jackson as a young Nick Fury. Like there are things about that movie where it's like, you know, they actually did some of the things I had wanted them to do. It didn't just feel like, you know, a retread of Iron Man. However, it, it felt unnecessary. Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, I don't think fits into the MCU, especially with how they made her Captain Marvel. The film, especially coming after Infinity War and how they were hyping her up for Endgame, you thought, I feel like the expectations of the movie and the character were more so than what it actually was delivered to be. Even if they had delivered on those promises, I don't think it would have made me like this movie anymore. It's just a so-so superhero movie. I like seeing it in IMAX, but that's about it. All right, well, I'll give some more of my Captain Marvel thoughts um, when we get to that on my list. Um, but we will now move on to my number 25. It's a follow up to my last pick. Look, it's not bad. It's not terrible. But it's I, I think one of my biggest factors in this is rewatchability. The more I could see myself rewatching these movies, the higher it will be ranked. And the least I can see myself wanting to rewatch these movies is the lower they were ranked. At the end of the day, that is that's pretty much my standard. Um, and... Again, I said it about the Dark World, and I'll and and this is a better movie than the Dark World. World, that's why it's higher. But it just falls kind of flat for me every time I I attempt to watch it, and that is the original Thor, which is okay, but it just it just kind of falls flat for me, and I just didn't find the character terribly compelling. Um, in his early MCU stages, that that's fair, that's fair. I mean, it was MCU Phase One. I think I, I've I've got I've grown more nostalgic over it. And I think that's why, and as we'll see, like they, they, that phase one really kind of links up a bit higher in my list. But uh, but yeah, I mean, Thor, just in as more movies come by, especially like, you know, with the fact that Ragnarok is really what made Thor like likable. Um, you know, it's just the first one is just there. It, it, it feels it feels more place filler. Exactly. Yes. Um, so what is your number 25? Right? Dark World. 
for the reasons I listed. I mean, I, I only put it like I actually struggled. I'm like, do I put it above or below Captain Marvel? But, you know, as I mentioned earlier, as as the stories across the connected MCU have gotten more complex and called back to previous films, the dark world has just become more important. So, you know, if I had to weigh that in comparison to Captain Marvel um, as of right now, I mean, yeah, it's it's there. All right. Thor, the dark world has been has been put away for this conversation. But another movie we're going to put away now. One you mentioned a few minute, moments ago, my number 24 is Captain Marvel. Um, again, like you, I did enjoy this movie, um, like in a sense. And like I, I will probably say a number of times at this point, like I, I, I kind of like all of the rest of the movies I'll talk about in some way, shape or form. Um, again, I, I, I like most of the MCU. I'm an MCU stan. I love the interconnectedness of it. Um, even the movies I, I don't find as rewatchable. I can kind of sort of appreciate their role in things. And Captain Marvel was fun. I think maybe the best thing about it to me was like the nineties nostalgia, if anything else. And, you know, fun to see how Samuel Jackson, you know, how Nick Fury lost his eye or what have you. But at the end of the day, like you said, it doesn't really feel like it does fit in that much with the MCU. Now, maybe this will change with secret invasion and everything that goes on with the scrolls. And maybe it'll feel like it's more a part of the larger lore uh, going down the road. Uh, but at the end of the day, Brie Larson is fine, but she doesn't compel me that much as an actress. She doesn't compel. And the character of Captain Marvel doesn't compel me that much uh, overall. Uh, and frankly, I, I think I like Maria Rambo's Thor. I, in, I, um, I was really alert. hoping that they would make, uh, Thor, I mean, Captain Marvel. I, I was really hoping Lashana Lynch would be, you know, more front and center. I I think I think she's genuinely one of my favorite actresses right now. I, I liked her in her cameo in Captain Marvel. I loved her in a no in James Bond No Time to Die. And you know, not not to get spoilery, but I'm glad that they have not completely forgotten her in the MCU. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I guess we will. We're close enough to when Doctor Strange happened that we will. Since this is not a, an episode about that specifically, I think we'll we'll do our best to adro- uh, you know avoid spoilers there. That being said, Remzo, what's your number 24? This might rub some people the wrong way. I've come to praise Spider-Man, not to bury him, but I did not like Homecoming. Spider-Man Homecoming wow. is is a, I, I think, a weak entry. Wow. And it's not because I don't like the cast or anything. Like, I love Michael Keaton in that film. I think, objectively, Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man. My problem has always been how his Spider-Man has been written into the MCU. And as an MCU film, this this movie does not feel it does not feel like Spider-Man. If there's ever a film where I'm like, oh, it's Iron Boy Jr. And, you know, I've come to uh, lay down and rest a lot of my prior criticisms prior to uh, No Way Home. uh, This is the movie where a lot of those criticisms come into play. All right, now we're we are starting to see the the real the real cracks the real the real divides here uh, come up here. So I'll I'll save my thoughts on this film for when we get to it in my rankings, whenever that may be. Um, all right, so now this is another one that's it's controversial. Some people don't even count it as part of the MCU. We are going to count it because it is canon. It is part of the story, uh, and this one is. Uh, some people might think it should be. I, I've seen a lot of lists where this is ranked as as the lowest film. You and I have talked about it. We both like it more than most. Uh, that being said, it's it's still it's still not one of the best movies. It's not in in the top tier for me at all. But I do enjoy enjoy aspects of it. That is the Incredible Hulk, starring Edward Norton. I do really like Edward Norton in this movie. That's probably the biggest thing I like about the movie. Um, it's it's and it's it's a lot it has a lot of elements of those like bruce banner on the run um you know stuff that that you and i both both really dig about that character 
Yeah, the Bixby era Hulk. Um, so that's why I like it. And, um, you know, I mean, there's just not that much more to say about it. I, I think it's an underrated film. But that being said, you know, it is it is ranked last on a lot of lists for a reason. It is not it's certainly not a top tier or even in the top half of films. So I think uh, yeah, 23 is, is about as fair as I as I could do it. But, you know, to me, I, that's still that's still elevating it quite a bit higher than, you know, most other lists out there would have it if they even include it on their list. So my number 23 is The Incredible Hulk. Remzo, what about you? I think I think this is probably like the biggest difference in, in ranking because I, I ranked mine a lot higher, as we'll see. But, uh, you know, mine for this is Ant-Man and the Wasp. I actually like this is where I was like, oh, Ant-Man's not completely terrible. I think Liv Tyler as the Wasp in this film is what really carries no, it. That's not Liv Tyler. I'm sorry. No, uh, no. Evangel and Lily. Liv Tyler was Betty Ross yeah. in Incredible Hulk. I'm sorry. I was thinking they all kind of look the same. And Liv Tyler's like 30 years older than Evangeline Lily. Yeah. Well, Ant-Man and the Wasp, like it, it, it's a movie that actually made Ant-Man matter. And I think. I was kind of confused. Like, why did they put Ant-Man and the Wasp after Infinity War? It makes Endgame better if you watch this movie. This is the first Marvel film where I heard a lot of people say they were skipping it. Uh, people skipped Captain Marvel because they, you know, of all the culture outrage over Brie Larson and her comics, which is, I mean, and her comments, which I, I think is, you know, acceptable. But this is the first one where people were like, you know, I would see it, but it just seems boring. And I don't see why Ant-Man matters. But you have to see this film to understand Endgame. I liked it. I liked the cast. Uh, you know, in the Ant-Man episode, I mentioned that I just wish we had seen a little bit more Lawrence Fishburne. This is a good standalone movie. I think Marvel has really drifted away from good standalone films. I think with Phase 4, they've done a little bit better with that in some cases. But this is one of the ones where it's like, you know what? Like, I'm I'm pretty like okay with it. I give it a C a C plus. Like it's it's not top tier, but like this is a good like I if I saw this like on an airplane or something and it was like the only thing I had to watch and all my devices were dead, I'd watch it instead of just going to sleep. So yeah, Ant-Man the Wasp. That's some kind of review. All right, I will uh, again, I will save my thoughts on that for when we get to it on my list. This next movie was kind of hard to rank for me. This is my number 22 um, because I did like it. We, you, you and I both gave it a pretty good review and it, it's a fairly recent film. Um, so there, I think when we first reviewed it, there was a little bit of recency bias and a little bit of added excitement because it had been a long time since we'd gotten an MCU film. That being said, when I really think about it in, in relation to all these other movies um, and when I think about the rewatchability, I don't see myself really caring to rewatch this much if if at all i maybe i will give it another shot someday um again i gave it a very a pretty good review but when i you know when i pull back and look at the grand picture it doesn't really feel that important um it doesn't really feel that necessary even in in many ways um fun but maybe even a little too long and a little too drawn out in many ways um but an okay film my number 22 is black widow i can see that I mean, I, I ranked it a little bit higher than you, but I understand why it would be. But it was here. tough. I mean, I could have ranked it higher too. Yeah. So, what about you, Remzo? What's your number twenty-two? <sighs> Iron Man two for the same reasons. I mean, I, I was I was younger. I was like not. I was like fourteen, fifteen when this movie came out. I mean, Iron Man craze was real, and for them to um, speed up the production of the movie, I think that's what really helped keep MCU Phase One going. When people were really wondering after the Incredible Hulk, like, could this happen? I saw this movie a lot. Uh, Sam Rockwell was we were confused about his name earlier. Sam Rockwell. Oh, yeah. Sam Rockwell. Played Justin right. Hammer is still like I, I have such a I have such a sweet spot, sweet spot for him. Like his him as Justin Hammer. I wish they would bring him back. If, if I could talk to Kevin Feige right now, I would say, please 
make a Thunderbolts Disney Plus series and bring us more Sam Rockwell. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I need to see Justin Hammer back. He was probably probably the best part of that film, honestly, was uh, Sam Rockwell as Justin Hammer. And I think he would do great in a Thunderbolts, Dark Avengers, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, moving along to my number 21. Uh, you talked about this movie earlier. I like it more than you. And and again, I think to me, it's just, yeah, I, 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 I don't really disagree with your criticisms, but I still can find it fun. Um, my biggest you know, criticism is this, the, how generic the villain is, which is, you know, a very, it's a very phase one problem with, with most of the villains of phase one outside of Loki. Um, there are really no amazing villains in the, in that first phase. Um, that being said, I have Ant-Man ranked right here. Um, you know, I, I, your criticisms are fair, but I can, when I factor in the rewatchability, I can toss on Ant-Man and pretty, and pretty much enjoy it for what it is. So that's why it lands right here at number 21 for me. What about you? Far from home. I think Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio is great casting. I think the only mistake by using him as Mysterio is I always liked the idea of Jake Gyllenhaal playing an adult Spider-Man when they we're going to bring in Spider-Man when they got the, the the deal set up with Sony after they canceled the Amazing Spider-Man series after Amazing Spider-Man 2. I was really hoping that maybe we get something more in the vein of the Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is around the same age as Maguire, so I thought, you know what? Like he was he was looked at twenty years ago. Then they looked at him again for Amazing Spider-Man before Avi Arad was like, no, put him back in high school. Uh, you know, seeing him in it in some form is really cool seeing him as mysterio i think he's definitely a a cooler villain but like this movie it's 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 iron man jr again like why'd you have to why, why'd you have to make a spider-man movie all about iron man like robert downey jr doesn't even have a speaking role in that movie and it still feels like he overshadows peter all the time I can't <laughs> he's do dead it. and he still feels bigger than yeah peter. he got a credit in the film oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, i i can't like i I, I I tried watching this movie a second time about a year ago, and I was just like, I I can't do it. Like, and, and that's how I felt after watching Homecoming. Like, I tried watching it on Blu-ray, and I was like, I can't finish this movie. Yeah, well, we're we're not far off here at this point because I have Spider-Man: Far From Home as my number twenty. Um, I I don't. This is my least favorite Spider-Man film, so I have this. I, I have Homecoming. Uh, spoiler alert: obviously ranked higher than this one. Um, but you know, it's it's just. It fell flat for me at the end of the day. Like you said, I think the things you pointed out are, are things I did enjoy about it. Uh, I did really enjoy Jake Gyllenhaal as as Mysterio. Um, I like that they sort of introduced the multiverse without really introducing the multiverse. It was kind of a multiversal swerve there. And I think my favorite part of the movie was the, the end credit scene when, when we see them that Nick Fury was a scroll the whole time and then see him up up, up, on, up on the space station because that really interested me. That was like that was like, oh, oh, where are we going with this? We got sword. We got Nick Fury, Fury working with working with scrolls. I mean, this is weird stuff. Um, so I, I love that. But yeah, I mean, it was fun. I, I always dig Tom Holland and, and Zendaya. I really think they're great in the roles. I think this this whole Spider-Man universe is very well cast. So I can watch it again like an Ant-Man. I can put it on and it's fine. I, you know, it doesn't upset me. It doesn't bore me. Um, that's why it's ranked you know, where it is. I think really all these bottom films, though, like I could watch almost all of them with the exception of Eternals. I can't imagine even just ever putting that on. I could watch almost all of them and get some level of enjoyment out of it. The, the more we go down our list, the more I'm hated. Eternals. It feels like Guantanamo yeah. Bay torture. 
it becomes more obvious, I think, that the more the more we look at these, because even even the movies I, I quote unquote don't like here, like I'll watch Iron Man two seven times in a row before I before I put internals on it again. So it really is a very stark contrast. But yeah, um, No Way Home is uh, is my number twenty. What's yours? Thor. I mean, Far From Home. Far yeah, Far From, from Home. Uh, Thor. I, I, I understand why people might not think that Thor is their favorite. And I've got my criticisms of Thor. And by the way, I, I talked about how I would change these films if I could have my magic Kevin Feige powers. You can go ahead and listen to me cover all of phase one. I'm currently covering uh, phase two for Remzo versus the MCU. So if you want my full thoughts on how I would change these movies, uh, go check us out on Patreon. But Thor is just like a guilty nostalgia pick. Like, I don't know why I liked it as much, but I remember going to the dollar theater a few months after. Um, it, it left like all the main theaters. It was like in this old, like little raggedy college theater near our house. And my brother and I would go see it and get like, you know, three without $3 popcorn on like this mangy projector. Like we, we, we watched it a few times that summer and it was just like, you know, it's just, it's a fun pick. I like, uh, I, I think Kenneth Branagh has really been given a, a, a raw deal in terms of his contribution to Thor mythology and everything. Like I like Taika Waititi, Patty Jenkins shit the bed, but I think Kenneth Branagh really tried to make Thor original and cool and try and make it feel more like a, a, a real drastic tonal shift compared to the prior MCU flicks. So I, uh, I, I'm a defender of Thor. So yeah. All right. All right. Fair enough. Uh, moving on to my number 19. Now, this is this is another controversial one. It's one that gets shit on quite a bit. Um, and I think you and I both like it uh, a lot more than most people. But, you know, that being said, it still only got it up this high because um, there are still things I, I don't love about it. Um, and that is Iron Man 3, uh, which we both agree is a Christmas film. Some I, some would call it Tony Stark 1, maybe, because it's barely <laughs> there's barely Iron Man in this, this movie. It's mostly Tony Stark. But I, I did really enjoy Robert Downey Jr. in this. Um, didn't really. I, I think the thing that bothers me the most about it is um, the dumb ending with Gwyneth Paltrow becoming um, what's that, that what's she she became an extremist soldier. Yeah, like, an extremist. So and stupid. then it's just and then it's just dropped. Like, did they ever mention why she's not an extremist nope. anymore? Nope. No, not but at why all. Why did he go yeah, back so to I making suits after he blew them all up and got surgery? Yeah, I mean, we're we're not going to get too much into uh, what do you man? I'm, I'm I'm blanking on a lot of things today. The hero's journey. What do you call the opposite? The victim's journey. The victim's journey. This this very much felt like there were elements of that. And like, I don't want to get into the whole the whole thing, but it really felt like we were demasculating Tony Stark in this one and having him be saved by by Gwyneth Paltrow, not through Gwyneth Paltrow doing anything necessarily heroic, but by her through no really fault of her own getting these extremist powers and and out of nowhere. So I, I just thought that was just a, a very dumb ending. But besides the ending and besides the fact that the ending never even ended up mattering, um, I, it's, it's a fairly enjoyable film that gets more shit. Than I, than I think it deserves. And I, I even enjoy the, the Trevor Slattery thing and the whole twist with the Mandarin. I actually really like that aspect of the movie. I, I think Guy Pierce, if they had cast anybody else as Aldrich Killian, the, the, he was like, great. If they had cast anyone other than Guy Pierce, I would have probably said he was a horrible villain. I, I think I think Guy Pierce being cast in that role um, is what saved a lot of my criticisms about the, the acting and stuff in this film. I, I'm a sucker for Guy Pierce. Fair enough. So what is your number? 19? Ironically, it's Iron Man three. 
Oh, we are in sync yeah. on this one. All right. It is. Um, I mean, same, same deal. I mean, I, I really was upset with that movie because that's when they announced that that would be the last solo Iron Man film. I think if you're going to send off a character in his own franchise, and this is what I'm seeing is kind of my like the, my problems, my criticisms of current MCU. You've sacrificed some of the standalone magic for just having filler stories. And this felt, you know, this felt like a filler story, but I call it a Christmas movie. I feel like it's a Christmas movie. I watch it back and forth between home alone and Shazam and a Christmas vacation. Yeah. I mean, for some weird reason, there are just moments of this film where it's like, you know what? I could, I could watch it again. Indeedy. Indeedy. All right, what's your number 18, Ramsey? I'll let you take I, I don't dislike this movie. I don't think it's a bad movie, but I will be disappointed because it's not better than what I feel is the better Doctor Strange origin, which is its uh, its animated predecessor. Doctor Strange. This didn't this felt like Iron Man on acid. Like it just I I didn't like I didn't like uh what's her name? But I like Iron Man and Acid. So. Yeah, well I didn't <laughs> that's, that's not a bad thing. I, I for thought me. them I thought them not having the movie take it take place in Tibet to appease the Chinese was a bad move. Tibet plays a lot into it and they try Oh, was that a thing? Is that that why? was why and, and I did not oh, like how they well, casted Tilda Swanson. I ranking if I knew yeah, that. I mean I, I did not like how they made Tilda Swanson the chosen one. Tilda Swinton, Swinton whatever she should like oh, I want the I want the ancient one to be an old Tibet betting man okay and uh i i like uh mad Mik- mads mickelson is a is a great actor he's probably my favorite james yeah. bond villain when he played le chiffre in casino royale him as kaecilius in the in the cult of uh dormammu in this film it was weak it was not it was not what i anticipated this is this is the first film where i'm like you know this should have been outright horror this should have felt more like what they did with multiverse of madness um I, I, I think the only thing saving it is the fact that Bandit Cumberbatch just is a very convincing Doctor Strange, but as a solo origin flick, um, it was just, it, it was, it was weak. I did not like it. My father loves Doctor Strange. He never watched the animated Doctor Strange film, so he loved it. But me, I think having seen what the true might of a horror, uh, supernatural Doctor Strange should have been, this felt, this felt very Disney PC'd. All right, well, I'm going to save my thoughts for whenever that happens to appear on my list. Uh, next up for me, this is, um, you know, this is a movie that gets shit on a lot as well. Um, but I've watched it actually a couple of times. Um, I also was going through the whole MCU with my wife to, to find the one she didn't watch. And that, that's why I'd, I'd watched it fairly recently. And uh, I, I always end up kind of enjoying it. Like, it, even though there's certainly a lot of elements of it that aren't the great, don't make it one of the one of the best films. But I enjoy it well enough. And that is Avengers Age of Ultron. I have I have that ranked a little bit higher than you. I agree. Age of Ultron feels like I'm watching a Saturday morning cartoon. That's how I describe it. Yeah. And I like Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, and, and it does it does have obviously, you know, introduces the Scarlet Witch. Um, it, it has elements of it that and there's a little more prominence of Hawkeye you know it has it has all the characters I like doing things together we see a lot more of Vision or no this is when we get the origin of Vision so there's a lot of things that happen in this movie that uh, do end up being really important uh, to the grand scheme of the MCU so that, that's why I have it here uh, that being said the, the least good Avengers movie I think I think for oh, sure yeah. um, my number 17 now is one that um, you mentioned a little bit ago and I really 
surprisingly and now we're in the we're in the zone now already where i pretty much really like all the movies that i'm going to talk about yeah. next i mean it, it, this is where it became really hard to rank things um just as it was really hard to rank my bottom other than the eternals you know i could probably interchange like my bottom five or six are probably all interchangeable and in some ways my the rest of my list i'm not going to call the rest of it interchangeable i think my my top five is pretty much solid but a lot of it i could shift around and not feel that that strongly about so this is where things do get pretty difficult for me because i think that the films get really good here uh that being said this is probably probably right on the bottom of the bottom tier before i get into the movies that i really love but that being said i really enjoyed this movie far more than i thought i would um and that is ant-man and the wasp which i think is much better than the first one uh like i said evangeline lily really works really well she has great chemistry with paul rudd um i i enjoyed the really everything about the quantum realm, getting more into that stuff, uh, into the whole backstory with, with Hank Pym and, um, Janet Van Dyne. Uh, I just really, really thought this is a fun movie. It's a fun movie that is action packed. Um, it really never slows down, never gets boring at all. And Hey, I am, as I've said, I'm a sucker for Paul Rudd. He makes me laugh. I like him. Ant-Man and the Wasp is my number 17. What about you? My number 17 is black widow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I All right. like Fair this enough. was this yeah. was a movie that a lot of people were panning. But what was funny was it came out a few months before uh, James Bond's No Time to Die. James No Time to Die felt like it wanted to be a superhero movie. while Black Widow was trying to be more of a spy film. I mean, I would say that in some ways, if you're just like, I want like an espionage thriller. Black Widow was way better than No Time to Die was. So I thought the synchronicity of those two films coming out was good. But I mean, uh, the question of the ages, could Scarlett Johansson handle her own movie? Yes and no. Yes. And the fact that I really enjoyed it. I think she really uh, carried the character through the film. But I also think the supporting cast of, uh, you know, uh, Tiffany Pugh, who plays uh, Yelena, was really good. I I thought really diving in more into the Red Room and everything. A lot of people were were very upset with the Taskmaster twist. I think it made sense for the MCU. It it didn't bother me that much. So this is if somebody was like, I just want to see a Marvel film where I have where I know a little bit like the fact that they have this taking place directly after Civil War, I think is my biggest criticism because it's like this is kind of weird for like casual moviegoers. But I don't believe that anymore because your casual moviegoer is an MCU fan. So it doesn't, I don't think that criticism holds up anymore. This is a good solo flick, lots of action, adventure, uh, carries that, you know, spy, espionage, noir feeling with it while still having a little bit of charm from, uh, you know, Yelena and the others. Uh, Red Guardian was funny. Uh, so yeah, Black Widow. All right, Black Widow. There it is. We put that one to bed as well. I'm also formulating the the overall rankings as I go here. So hopefully I can do my math well enough and I'll be able to list that all at the end of this one. Uh, that being said, we're kind of getting into the... Well, we are all, all pretty much... We're beyond the first half, actually, are we? Yeah, we are. Or no, we're, we're almost at the first half. Um, but anyway, next up. This is okay. Like, it's, it's the first time that the whole gang came together um falls a little flat for me with well let me just name it first it's avengers it's the the original avengers the joss whedon avengers you i i assumed this at least would have been in your top 10 well you assumed incorrectly wow wow i don't hate it um but you know when i when i compare it to the rest of the movies that i'm gonna gonna list and look this like i said this is where things do get hard for me like i i could switch a lot of this around and not you know not feel that stressed about it but you know it's it's and it's a good film it's entertaining it's fun to see the team come together there's some good battle scenes a lot of drama a lot of action at the end of the day though it feels like a setup movie still 
Um, you know, Loki is a good villain, but that whole final battle and everything, like, you, it just never feels... It never feels as dramatic or as as heavy as as even Ultron. Even the threat from Ultron actually felt, even though I ranked that movie lower, felt felt higher than than the threat of or, or more interesting to me anyway than the threat of uh, than the threat of Loki and and this whole Chitari invasion or what have you. Um, that being said, entertaining movie, good, very good. Um, so that's why it just lands pretty much almost in the middle here at my number sixteen. That is Avengers. So Ramzo, what is yours? It's uh, it's another Avengers film, but it is Avengers: Infinity War. This wow, this is, you know, it's wow. just wow, wow, wow. It's just it's it's wow. good, but I have nothing super strong to say about it. Like it's just it's a necessary viewing. I I can't watch this without immediately having to go watch Endgame. And I don't know if that makes Infinity War better or if it says less about Infinity War. But I mean, Infinity War. Um, I, I think the only real thing that propels that story is Thanos's quest, which I think is amazing to have an Avengers movie that is almost 90 percent of just the villain um, that that hasn't really been tried before. And I think Josh Brolin for being a CGI, you know, purple monster with a ball sack chin carrying a film like that when we really like we'd seen pieces of him throughout other Marvel films. But to really see him like show us who Thanos is, I thought that was phenomenal. But I mean, it's just. You know, I probably would have ranked this higher any other given day. I'm very up in the air about this film. You know, our friend uh, Caleb Franz says that this is uh, probably like one of his favorite Avengers films. I'm like, you know, it's a it's a solid like it's up there, like it's above like Age of Ultron. But I mean, we've only got like a couple pickings. It's just about how you want to shuffle. You don't have it above Age of Ultron. Well, no, and there, there's a reason for that. There's a reason <laughs> for that. Like I'm talking generically. But yeah, Infinity War. It's good. It's there. It's it's there. All right. Well, there are there are a number of films that we are very very different on, um, and it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to, to see how how big those gaps are. Um, next up, and again, I think now we're in the point where I pretty much love every movie I'm gonna mention next. Like we really are in the zone where I every movie I, I mention now, I'm like, I mean, these are all like great movies. I actually think so. You know. And this is where things got so difficult for me, because I think any movie I mentioned for the rest of the time, I at one point thought of as a top 10 or maybe even a top five movie. But there's just so many good movies now. I mean, they've done such a good job with this franchise, and that becomes really more apparent the more and more I, I try... Yes, it's the curse of abundance. It really is phenomenal what they've done with this, even with a few duds in there and a few like not that great, but still decent movies. I mean, there are some just excellent films here. And the rest of this, the rest of this list, I could all easily justify being in my top 10, even my top five, like even my my number 15, 14, 13. I could justify having them at five or six, all of them. So this this is where things really do get difficult for me. Um, and this is a really fun movie. I really love the movie. Um, but now it has some problems. Uh, this is Guardian of the, of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, again, I love the whole cast. I love the music. I love the James Gunn. I love everything about this film. I think the only thing that fell flat a little bit for me was the villain, was Ego, the living planet. It just something about it just didn't quite connect for me and you know with eternals and the way they portrayed the celestials in there that i'm not sure how that actually fits with how he's a celestial maybe they'll they'll explain that further some time down the road i'm guessing they probably won't they'll probably just let it let it all go um yeah so i mean but this is a minor criticism because i really do enjoy the movie and and as i said everything from now on is is a really difficult ranking for me so um begrudgingly i feel bad even having it this low because i really like it and it's very rewatchable but nonetheless number 15 is guardians of the galaxy volume two for me well 
Maybe this will be a surprise. Maybe this won't because of what I just mentioned from my previous number. But for this one, it's Avengers Age of Ultron. The weakest of the Avengers flicks. But, you know, as... Well, why didn't you rank it the lowest, be, Because it's still... It's still... I, I This is pure nostalgia for me. This is me as a young kid with all my Avengers action figures, you know, playing with them on Christmas Day when I was like, you know, nine or ten. Like, this movie is just... This is the culmination. Wait, you were nine or ten when this came out. No, no, no. no. Like I'm talking, like I'm talking, like prior to MCU. This is one of those films where it's like this is the culmination of everything you knew it would be if you could get a crossover movie like this. And for me to see all these characters fighting with one of my favorite villains and going to all these places, it was, um, you know, it was just one of those moments where it's like, you know what? Like it might not be great, but I'm so glad it exists. I'm happy this movie is here, and you know. It's a good standalone film, despite the fact that it sets up some things and some other stuff like it's just it's just fun. And I think sometimes you just got to look at the fun it brings you. And that that's why this this ranked above so many others, because it's just a fun movie. All right. Well, I will. I will always be befuddled at you at ranking Age of Ultron higher than Infinity War. But but we'll get to this later. I mean, they were they were back to back. I mean, it's really like I would say now, like coin flip me any day of the week and. It's probably, you know, it's probably a, I would rank it lower than Infinity War. But when I did this, you know, I just have to think like, what have I seen more? I've seen Age of Ultron far too many times. All right. Well, fair enough. Uh, next one. This is probably going to be controversial because I, man, when this came out and even upon rewatch, I, I enjoy it every time. I think it's really well done. I think the lead actor is fantastic. Um, and I don't really see that many flaws in it, which is why it's weird that it's only ranked halfway down my list. But it's again, it's due to the abundance, the abundance of enjoyable films. And while I like this movie a lot, um, it's it's just if I'm going to choose what to watch when this is going to rank lower than uh, a lot of the other films that we're going to talk about later through really no fault of its own through just the, the curse of abundance, as you say. But my number 14, I can't believe it's this low, but it is Black Panther. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know, though, but we're we're getting so close to the top of the pile than that. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. It it it's yeah, I get it. I mean, I could I could put it in my top five too. It's like that's that's how that's how tight things are at this point. Yeah, uh, mine is Thor Ragnarok. You know, it's it, it it was it was a big. This is the film that made Thor relevant, but. You know, it's uh, it, it's it's funny. It's good. I like the redemptive arc for Loki. I love the inclusion of the Hulk. I, I think Tessa Thompson is great. Uh, you know, it's it's there. I don't have any strong feelings against it. It's just, you know, like you said, like now we're getting to the crunch. Now it's like little minute details. Indeed, this is this is definitely crunch time. So what's your what's your number 50? What's your number 13? <sighs> and I, I, you know, this film has always typically been in, my, been in my top five. But as the years have gone on and the additions have been made, it's been getting pushed out. Um, it's Captain America, the first Avenger. Uh, th- this movie, a-, a lot of people say this is their least favorite MCU phase one film because they were still like, oh, the human torch is Captain really? America. I know those people. They suck. But uh, I mean, I think Hugo Weaving is the Red Skull. 
um, is phenomenal. I think Haley Atwell, Sebastian Stan, like this is, I, I will probably say this film has some of the best introductory cast to a franchise character. Uh, I, I absolutely love the first Avenger. I will always say it's a, it's one of the great Marvel films. Very, very interesting. Uh, my number 13, similarly, I can't believe it's this low. And I'm probably going to say this of a lot of these movies. I can't believe it's this low. Like this, this movie is the reason that the MCU is successful. This is the reason the MCU exists. I've seen this movie rank number one on a lot of lists and I can't even argue with it, which is why it's so insane that I have it this low. But like you said, it just, when I think about how much I want to rewatch it, it's, it's nowhere near as much as a lot of the movies I'm going to mention next. Um, you're, you're probably not going to believe this. It's Iron Man, original Iron Man. <sighs> and I like it a lot. I mean, it's, it's great. It's a great movie. But so, are, but all of these are great movies now. Well, to me anyway. You're, we're going to have some disagreements coming. Yeah, soon. because once we get in the top five territory, that might be a little contentious. Um, oh yeah, there's there's contention on the way very shortly. Yeah, my my next one is Shang Chi. It's okay. it's a fun. That's your number two. I mean, it was yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a refreshing chance to get a film that didn't feel like it was paint by the numbers Marvel. Um, I I think the the cast was great, especially how they really reintegrated the Mandarin and. Uh, didn't just make him, you know, like how how they would have done it with uh, uh, with, you know, Trevor Slattery's inclusion in Iron Man 3. I think that finally makes that film better. But at the same time, uh, you know, it's it's a heartwarming film. If you love Bruce Lee, it's got a little bit of those Bruce Lee isms. It's fun. It, it felt refreshing, especially getting to go see it in theaters after a year of no movies. Well, Remzo, while there is contention on the way, I, I assure you of that, there is no contention with our number 12s because Shang-Chi is also my number 12. Uh, when it first came out, I was thinking this was a top 10 film to me. Um, and it's only not again because I just love the other movies above it so, uh, more. But it's a, it's a tight one here. And I, I've watched this movie a number of times, so I can say it's very rewatchable. It's very fun. It never stops being boring. Um a lot of great chemistry between um I well, I don't know the actor's name that plays Shang Chi, but him and this Aquafina, I I find them both entertaining. Or, yeah, Sam Sam Lee, Sam Liu. I feel I feel bad. I, I don't know his name. I, I'm not I'm not trying to be condescending. I just it's L U I. I just I just don't Liu, know. Liu Liu Liu. I don't know. Liu. Whatever. Yeah. But yeah, he's a great he's a great actor. I'm so glad he's Shang Chi. I couldn't imagine anyone else being Shang Chi. Yeah, he, he's great in this film. Uh, I, I I also love the uh, the Trevor Slattery redemption arc, redemption of that character um, that that really surprised me. Did not see that coming at all. And then it's just it's very fun. I mean, I love dragons. I love I love interdimensional things. Um, it has so many different. I love um, I love kung fu movies. Like this has so many different elements of things that I like kind of merge into one film that it really just it's just an absolute blast of a movie and and maybe one of the best origin movies um of the MCU oh, yeah. and I, I I'm already questioning some of my rankings at this I point, just switched but, a know, couple it, to be honest <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I I could I could justify a lot of different movies in a lot of different places at this point but but we're settling here on, Sh- on Shang Chi at 12 uh so let, let's enjoy the synergy on that one uh next up this will definitely be contentious I know that because I've already I already know where you ranked it this is spider-man homecoming for me i I really really like this movie i have seen it a number of times um tom holland i I think his debut is great i love they didn't do an origin i love they just he just kind of mentions yeah i was bit by a spider because we've seen the origin so much uh on on the big screen in the years prior to that and uh it's just but i think tom holland plays the best 
I don't know if he's the best Spider-Man. He's the best Peter Parker to me. Uh, he's, the, he's the one I can most believe is in high school and the one that I can most believe is just figuring all this stuff out. Uh, I guess maybe one of the complaints is that there's that Iron Man Jr. aspect to an extent, uh, but it's and it, it is it is there in this movie for sure. Um, but uh, I, I just really I really love the interplay. And I and I think the one thing that put this movie much higher for me than it might have been otherwise is Michael Keaton as the vulture. Michael Keaton is fucking awesome in this movie. He's one of my favorite actors, so I'm a little bit biased here. Um, probably my top five actors. I have never thought, thought about ranking my actors, but he's definitely way, way up there. One of my favorite actors. He delivers on screen pretty much every time I see him. Absolutely love Michael Keaton. And he's, he's he was, he took a villain that is just, a, a lame ass Marvel villain, like this is so fucking dumb villain, like truly one of the dumbest villains I think that, that exists in Spider-Man's Rogues Gallery. He made him cool. He made him cool and interesting and badass, and that that is really an impressive feat to me. So that is why Spider-Man: Homecoming ranks as my number eleven. Well, my number eleven used to be in my top ten, but it slowly got edged out. My number eleven is the Incredible Hulk. For all the mentions, for all the reasons we mentioned earlier, I think what makes me really admire this film is that. It being a runner up to the first Iron Man film, and they came out within like a year of each other. That was really harsh. This was the first test of whether or not they can have a good solo film, establish those Easter eggs to show a connected universe. And then, you know, what what I think really brings it together is that that final scene in which uh, you see Robert Downey Jr. walk in to meet Thunderbolt Ross. I, I think a lot of people are unfair about this film because they don't like, you know, Emil Blonsky, who I, I think that version of the abomination, there's a reason they brought him back. They brought him back in Shang-Chi for that cameo. We're going to see more of him. Uh, he's already going to, uh, Tim Roth is already reprising the role of the abomination in the She-Hulk uh, uh, Disney plus show, because, you know, people, people do understand like, this is the, this is the best. I, I will say this. This is the best on-screen version of Hulk. There is. I like Ruffalo, but you know, if you know what, what makes it unfair is that we never really got a Mark Ruffalo Hulk movie. I think if they had given him that, that would have been a real test. But I think we are going to. I think they are doing really? a uh, going to do a uh, a World War Hulk movie. Uh, may, maybe through She Hulk or someone else, but I don't think we'll ever get something as as direct as the Incredible Hulk. I love this film. It's a passion film. I love it. Yeah, I I actually won't really argue with you, even though I had it a lot lower. Like I I do have a place in my heart for this movie, and I I think it's. I don't want to rewatch it as much as the other movies I mentioned above it. And that's pretty much what I'm going by. But um, I, I mean, I do like it. So I, I really won't push back too hard, even though we're, we're pretty far uh, apart on the rankings there. Uh, what's your number 10? Black Panther. This movie is cool. You know, I've, I've been throwing in a lot of uh, James Bond references through the others because of the tones and the actors and stuff like that. But this feels like James Bond and Batman had a baby. It's just so freaking good. Uh, Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger just freaking kills it. My only my only criticism of it, and it's not even really a criticism, is I wish we saw more Andy Serkis's Claw. But I mean, Chadwick Boseman, this is his. Um, I I had always wanted to see Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther. This is one of the first times where it's like I felt like a fan casting. I helped influence it by constantly saying Chadwick Boseman should be Black Panther. That and Benedict Cumberbatch, Doctor Strange. Those two, I was always like, those two need to be in. And uh, this this felt like they're really listening to the fans. And I mean, they just delivered a film which was just so freaking cool. Like this is such a th- this is a movie where it's just like, damn, like this guy has it together it was a fun movie one of my favorite mcu uh, movie experiences i mean they 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 got the character 
which makes the fact that they're going to do Black Panther 2 without him only more offensive. They are pissing on the grave of Chadwick Boseman, and for that they should be ashamed, and I hope everyone who's working on that movie goes to hell. Wow. Well, you're not mad they're doing it without him. You're mad that they're, they're not recasting him. Yeah. You know what? CGI ghost him. It'll be weird, but like I could get over that. But the fact that you're just going to you're going to take such such great ground, which was laid for you, and you're just going to take a massive dump on it. It's it's wrong. It's so wrong. Yeah, well, I will reserve judgment to see how they handle it, but I I, I, I can't see it going well. But man, I, I could be wrong. We'll, we'll see. Um, my number 10 here. I won't really. Uh, you already mentioned it, and it, it, I pretty much agree with your review. I just had it a little bit higher. That is Captain America: The First Avenger. Um, this is one that I I used to rank lower. I used to find it. Um, I don't know. I used to not just be as into it, but it's it's just aged like a fine wine to me. Like the more I watch it, and I think the more I've seen the development of Steve Rogers as the character, the character through the his arc of the MCU, uh, culminating in an Endgame and uh, how he ends up getting to spend his life with with uh, Peggy Carter. And, and there's so many callbacks. You know, I could do this all day. Um, that keeps coming back in, in so many different ways, and 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 it really just laid the groundwork for all of the MCU. It is the one that takes place before all the other movies. And I, I just, it, every time I watch it, I like it more, which, which really says a lot about it. Uh, if we did this two years ago, it probably would have been maybe even towards the bottom half of my list, but it just keeps getting higher and higher. The more I watch it, um, it would be, it'd be interesting to, to look back on this list in like five years or something and, and see how much our we'll have to when they add like 20 other Marvel movies. Yeah. Oh my God. How, that's We're not be even including the like Disney plus shows. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I I can't even get into that right now. But uh, nonetheless, Captain America, the first Avenger is my number 10. And I am just compiling some stats here so I can hopefully have the list ready at the end. Let's see. Captain America, the first Avenger. Boom, boom. OK. Now. We're definitely going to get contentious here. OK, because <laughs> you rank this one very, very, very low compared comparatively. To me. Um. But it's made its way into my top 10 because, again, rewatchability. I I love this movie. I fucking love it. Um, I agree with one of your criticisms, maybe two of them. I, I don't think you even mentioned this one. But first of all, I'll just say it. My number nine is Doctor Strange. Um, I, I love this character in, in, in the films anyway. I, it was never like a huge character for me in Marvel Comics. Um, but I, I really have enjoyed Benedict Cumberbatch in this role. I think he fucking crushes it. I think this is a great origin story. I love when he drinks the fucking ayahuasca and goes on this journey through the multiverse. Like that's to me, one of the coolest scenes that's ever happened in, in movies, in Marvel movies. And, uh, you know, and, and I really, really love the way he defeats Dormammu and, uh, Dormammu, I'm here to bargain. Like, I love that whole scene. I can re I can rewatch that over and over and over with him experiencing his death, like a thousand times over, um, until just Dormammu basically just gets bored with it and just loses his fucking mind. I think that's such a unique way to defeat uh, an enemy. That's way more powerful than you. Um, and it, it really, you know, it's, I think my criticisms would be, like I agree with you, even though I enjoy it, making the cape into the magic carpet is is fucking cheesy and Disney as fuck. And fair enough, I won't argue with you there. But I, I just I get so much enjoyment out of this movie every time I watch it that it would just be plain silly for it not to make my top ten. I probably could have justified ranking it even higher, but um, you know, due to due to the you know, and I also agree that what what's the how do you say the villain Caligulus or whatever the fuck his name is. A little bit cheesy there too. I agree, but I did like Dormammu himself. Uh, in this I always have to ask. I always have to Kaecilius. say like five times in my head before I say it out loud. Uh, did you know that Benedict Cumberbatch played Dormammu? Also? Yes, he was the voice of him. He also played the voice of Smog yeah. 
in uh in the hobbit films which is why around that time they're like we could save some money on a voice actor by getting him to also do this so it's it's crazy to be both the villain and the hero in your own movie indeed so that being said remzo what is your number civil war this is the most drama filled mcu flick and i would dare say that of all the films that have been adapted based on uh comic book source material that this is actually better than the Civil War comic. I, uh, I, I mean, this film, and I think it delivers one of the most compelling, probably my, my favorite MCU villain, Baron Zemo. Uh, I didn't know how they were going to integrate him in with this movie, but I mean, how they did it and everything. Um, he, he, th- this gave birth to, the, to my favorite Marvel villain. I think he was fantastic. Uh, so yeah, Civil War. All right, Captain America Civil War gets your number nine spot and it gets my number eight spot for very similar reasons. And it's a very watchable. I really enjoy the fight scene. Um, I really enjoy um, the, the interesting reveal, the interesting tie in to having the Winter Soldier uh, be responsible for the death of Tony Stark's parents, the entire conflict between Tony and Captain America, the final battle with Tony and Bucky versus Captain America. Um, Lest we not forget, I don't remember the actor's name. I don't know any actor's names today. Uh, Baron Zemo, fucking phenomenal in this film. And this is, this is I think, that maybe the first of these movies that really just felt like a huge event to me. This is when it really felt like, oh my God, this is the MCU. Like, even though Avengers... I mean, they introduced Spider-Man. They introduced Black Panther. This was like a, this was basically like a lighter Avengers film. Yeah, for yeah, I mean, yeah, not to be said. Both we get the somehow they they were able to give us the debuts of two characters, um, both Spider Man and Black Panther, and and not make it feel like too much, which is really incredible. I, I don't even know how that's possible because if you look at this movie on paper, it seems like how could they do all this in one movie and not make it feel like a total mess? But but they did. They somehow did, and and it's just it's just so much fun and such so rewatchable. So you now that is my number eight. Um, what is your number eight? <sighs> As much as I called him Iron Boy Jr., as much as I said he was just not, you know, hitting home runs for me, how could I not have No Way Home ranked higher than most of these Marvel films? No Way Home is finally when I looked at Tom Holland and said, kids, you are freaking Spider-Man. This film brings up three generations of Spider-Man uh, actors and, uh, you know, supporting cast and villains and made it just such a trip. No Way Home is my favorite movie experience of this year. It is it is just so so good. Even though it came out at the end of you know twenty twenty one, like you know it's I it, it's it's my most it's my most favorite movie going experience in in recent years. All right, moving on. Why don't you uh, Why don't you give me your that was your number mm-hmm. eight, right? My, my, uh, yeah, I'm on track. Okay, why don't you give me your number seven? Guardians of the Galaxy. This was the most out there bonkers Marvel film, and it came right after, uh, um, you know, Captain America's second debut and Thor's second debut and Iron Man's uh, third debut. I mean, this is when they were really like, let's go ahead and just go to the outer rim of this whole universe and actually see how far we could take the MCU. Uh, I mean, James Gunn made probably the most C-list characters, not just relevant, but a uh, pop culture force du jour. It's just so good. And I listened to that soundtrack in college religiously my sophomore year it came out. This film just is is so freaking classic. I, I won't argue with you much there. My only complaint 
Well, I mean, I have some complaints. Like some of it, some of the plot, I, I think, was a little bit um, iffy. I, by the way, Spider-Man: Number Home is my number six. <laughs> I, I should just, I should jump to that before I start talking about it. Um, number Home is my number six. Um, be, I just a very fun movie experience. Um, my biggest complaint of, of it is being that I knew about Toby and Andrew beforehand, and I just, I it's this the it's the age we live in. I wish I didn't know about any of this stuff before seeing it because it would have had even so much more impact. Like I was so jealous of my wife who had no idea anything about this movie going in. And, and loves Tobey Maguire Spider-Man had no clue he was going to be in the movie and she just exploded in the theater and it was just such a genuine reaction that I was jealous that I didn't have because I, I was just waiting for it as opposed to her that didn't have, have any idea it was happening um, you know and, and you know there I think there's fair criticisms you can make about the plot I think they did make Doctor Strange look like a fucking dummy by doing the whole spell but whatever this movie's so fucking fun it is such a blast and um you know this is some of these movies up here are, are, are kind of critically panned like a lot of the like nerdy critics give this movie shit for reasons whatever that i can't necessarily say are incorrect when you break down the plot and the script but i just don't care because it's so fucking fun and so um help me since i can't remember hector's names today my god green goblin oh defoe willem defoe Willem Dafoe is fucking amazing in this. He's better than he is in any of the other Spider-Man movies. He's, he's turned into just an incredibly villainous, truly evil, murdering Aunt May, truly evil performance. And then that final fight where Toby, uh, or no, where Toby stops Tom Holland from, did that, from did killing that not make your the heart Green skip Goblin. a beat? <laughs> oh my God. Like literally. I, I just thinking about it gives me chills. Like it is such an amazing moment. And it just, it did so much to, to, wrap up the story of toby Maguire too even though they might even maybe they'll do a spider-man 4 and, and they could really wrap it up for us but it felt like a, a completion to that character where you know spider-man 3 wasn't the best way for that character to be sent off and if this is the last time we see toby in that role i will feel like it's complete and um same thing with willem dafoe although i really do hope they bring willem dafoe back in the mcu in some manner as this character i think that would be phenomenal they could there are totally ways that they could do it um so i would love to see that um but that being said yes yeah, spider-man no way home lands at my number six spot and I, I probably could have put it higher but it is my number six so what is yours Ramsey? avengers you know th- this film I think uh, a, a lot of people look at it, especially with how Josh Whedon has aged over the last decade. Here's the truth. This film was a cinematic landmark. Never had any movie like this ever been done before. And the fact that they were able to pull it off in the way they did uh, by giving all the characters basically equal screen time while also advancing their own uh, individual subplots by making Loki into not just a a actual like terrifying villain, but also just uh, really expanding on him as a character. This is where I really felt like I saw Tom Hiddleston be Loki. I felt like he was just kind of not phoning it in, but like, I feel like we didn't get enough of the villainy in the first Thor, but this is where they really made Loki matter. And, uh, you know, it also put shawarma on the culinary map. So of course I've got to have (laughs) Avengers close to my top five, but number six compared to especially some of the ones I'll list after that. I think it, you know, for me, at least if you look at my list, it makes sense. I think I'm consistent. All right. Well, shawarma has always been on my map. So I mean, and you're a youngin, but if if this movie served the purpose to introduce you to shawarma, then I'm I'm very happy for that because shawarma is fucking awesome. Awesome. Um, all right. We are now in, in the, I'll, I'll hand it to you first. Why don't you go? We are now into the top five. So let's hear it, Ramza. What do we got? I want to say we're in the end game now, but that's a, that's, that's false marketing. Now. My number five is, is the original Iron Man film. Uh, nothing happens without it. Robert Downey Jr. just gives the performance of his career. 
Um, I mean, it, 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 even watching it now, I mean, for a film that came out in 2008, so much has changed. It feels a little bit dated. But my God, who doesn't want to be Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark? This was a role that a lot of people were like, can he do it? Will he do it? He owned it and he birthed the franchise, uh, you know, because there are just some things that maybe were a bit spoiled on. Usually I would have always said that by default, Iron Man should be everyone's favorite because everything follows the Iron Man, uh, John Favreau plot plot sequence. But, you know, uh, Iron Man just just owns it so that's my number five all right i can't really argue with it that's that's how crazy it is even though i i was you know later i was had it at 13 but i i don't really counter anything you say that's how tight you know this this top half is and uh my number five guardians of the galaxy james gunn's awesome this movie's fucking awesome this at one point might have been my favorite movie but you know these things things get pushed down um and it's it's just it's just non-stop fun amazing soundtrack amazing acting I could watch this movie every single day and probably never get bored of it. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is my number five. We now go into my number four. This is where things get very interesting. And um, I'm going to talk about this without without spoiling it, just in case people haven't seen it yet. But the and it's there could be recency bias. So I, I'm, you know, I think looking back at this in a few years will be interesting. But my God, I fucking love this movie so goddamn much and it might even it might even need to be higher i just i kept it this low due to trying to factor in my recency bias i love dr strange and the multiverse of madness loved 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 and it's interesting because it's probably it might this might become one of the most controversial marvel movies this is a 75 on rotten tomatoes uh which is lower than captain marvel lower than i mean this is a contentious movie people either love it or those hate haters it, can go suck or, or, a dick this movie rocks. Those haters can suck a fucking dick because this movie's awesome. Benedict Cumberbatch playing multiple versions of Doctor Strange, some more villainous than others, some outright super villainous, some sort of partway villainous. Um, uh, I, so Cheeto Gomez as America Chavez was awesome. Um, I mean, and the Scarlet Witch. I, I, how I, can you be again? How can, I don't how spoil can you it, be I'm gonna scared stop. and horny at the same time? Because I know I was. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen has has accomplished yeah the ability to um, and then and Sam Raimi and the horror elements of this movie like oh my god uh, this was a Sam Raimi movie and I'm a huge Sam Raimi fan some might say not that much because I didn't know he did Darkman so I'm sorry but my god I I, I love there's so many Evil Dead type callbacks in this there's callbacks to other horror movies like The Ring um like th- man there's just, it's just so fucking cool and I wish I could say more why but because it's it's still relatively new and we didn't advertise this as a spoiler thing I I will not spoil it but let me just say. If you don't love this movie, you're just not a good person. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm going to say. Um, that's, that's my review. So Doctor Strange and the multi, Multiverse of Madness is my number four movie. We're back in sync again. It's my number four. This is like I listeners know, especially for most of the episodes I've produced of FBC. I love horror. You, you give me comic book superhero horror and I am just eating it up all day. I fucking loved this movie. It is not just one of my favorite MCU films. It's one of my top movies, period. I loved it. So, yeah, Multiverse of Madness, number four. And uh, coming soon, a full review of the film. Make sure you're subscribing so you get that later in the feed. Yeah, and it probably won't even be. It probably already probably already happens. Since we're we're recording all this all this out of order, but yeah, Um, cool. It's a podcast of madness. Why don't we let you do the wrap around here? Let's get to your number three. (sighs) End game. 
I mean, just th- this film just defies all my usual standards. Is it good for new people? Is this good for people who have loved it? This is not a movie for just somebody that got bored on a Sunday. This is a love letter to comic book fans. I put it on the same tier as Zack Snyder's Justice League. This was done by fans for fans because of fans. And this is uh, this is the reason why we love comic books. This is why we love this mythology, this lore. This movie will go down as I think it's beat Avatar multiple times. It will it will always be one of the greatest cinematic masterpieces ever made. All right. Well, this one's obviously contentious now uh, because my number three is one you ranked astonishingly low to me. I I love this movie. Um, it sets up the movie you just talked about. I love Infinity War. I think it's fucking awesome. I love Thanos just going on a rampage. And when I watched this in the theaters, yeah, I guess I, I should have known this because I knew there was going to be a two-part movie. But when he got the Infinity Gauntlet and actually accomplished the snap and and we see like heroes you just wouldn't like the newest heroes that everyone loves disappearing spider-man black panther black panther the movie was still in theaters when infinity war came out was it really oh that's funny yeah i mean i mean these characters that i mean yes of course this is comics you know they're gonna come back you know they're not really dead but in the moment i mean even and the death of vision my god when when scarlet witch sacrificed her and it and him and it became nothing which sets up her entire character character arc going forward um and and just it's not often you see a villain win even though if you know you know it's going to be reversed in some way shape or form and you know they'll end up defeating him but my god it's so fucking good and i I can't believe you ranked it as low as you did i respect it i don't understand it but not me my friend not me it is my number three uh marvel film avengers infinity war number three well my number two is probably the one that you're gonna be like really but at the end of the day folks these are all just our personal opinions my number two MCU film is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. I think you get, I think wow. you get the better performances of the Guardians cast. I love that it's just a good, clean standalone, especially amongst Phase Three films. It's also my mom's favorite MCU film, and I enjoy. She doesn't, she ha, she does not usually go to the movies with me, but I really wanted her to go see this with me because she liked the first Guardians, and she says it's her favorite. We've watched it together on TV multiple times. It's also my fian, one of my fiance's favorites. Uh, so I mean, I just just because of the love it brings and the warm memories I remember of us all enjoying it, laughing together. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two is my number two. All right, very very interesting. Well, my number two which I guess, spoiler alert, is going to have to, by default, be your number one. Um, so I'll also say my number one in, in this whole thing. So I think we all know what's going on here at this point. Um, and this was close. And honestly, I know it's going to be your number one now. So uh, And it was hard for me because this has long been my favorite Marvel film. But my number one just put it slightly slightly over the edge, but very close and very a very, very difficult distinction to make, make as all of these movies, especially as we've gotten closer to number one, have been. Um, but I love Captain America and the Winter Soldier, which I know is obviously going to be your number one by default. It's here. my number one pick. Yes, it's a it's a great spy movie. It's a great action movie. It's a great Captain America movie. It's a great comic book movie. It It's a great um, warning of totalitarianism movie. It, it, it ticks all my boxes, Remdo. It ticks my political block boxes, my philosophical boxes, my film boxes boxes my uh comic book boxes this movie's fucking amazing and you know i'll, I'll explain why it's not number one but it, it's i could have done it either way i could i could have flipped these very very easily 
And so obviously then Avengers Endgame is my number one because this movie just had everything. And man, I mean, for everything, everything you described it about it, your number three applies to it at my number one. Um, I love the time heist. I love how they did everything with, um, you know, connecting to the other films in a way that didn't feel absurd, like having the other characters interact. Hey, it set up the Loki series, which is fucking amazing. Um, and it's just, it's just a goddamn blast. And, I think what puts it over the edge, what makes it number one for me is the completion of Captain America's story arc and how he got to, you know, live off in the sunset, live his whole life with Peggy Carter, have that last dance, which seemed like it was never going to happen for him. It seemed like he would never get this love back in his life. And it just, it completed his arc in so many ways. I love when he fights the young version of himself and he, he I could do this all day with himself. I, 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 I fucking love that. Uh, this movie like solidified Steve Rogers, the character in the MCU for me, um, not solidified. I mean, and civil, uh, you know, Winter Soldier did that, but but really wrapped up this character's arc and is the best Avengers movie. Um, I love all the characters in this movie. They somehow were able to manage all these characters and and that final battle scene. I mean, on your left, dude, I got chills with with on your left. The theater um, erupted in applause when I saw. Yeah, that. I mean, yeah, mine as well. I think every theater erupted in applause. Um, you know, and then. Peter, you know, reuniting with Tony and Tony only dying later, sacrificing himself, knowingly sacrificing himself at really completing his character arc as well. I mean, I think that was a big arc of a character that was touched on in several movies that he was selfish, that he was never the one to make the sacrifice. And then he does make the sacrifice to save the world and save everybody. And it was just such, such a moment. I mean, just... I don't know if I've had a theater experience with this many, wow, this many cheers, this many standing up. I mean, the whole theater applauded when this movie filmed, with this, when this uh, movie ended. So if that doesn't land something at number one, I don't know what does. Avengers Endgame is my number one. And uh, as I mentioned, obviously, that makes Captain America, the Winter Soldier, your number one. We were pretty close on this one either way. But Remzo, lay out your case for the Winter Soldier as your number one film. Captain America slowly became the heart of the MCU. And I mean slowly. His first film did not get great reviews. He actually got made fun of a lot by the audience when they came out with his, <laughs> let's just say, his not best costume. And, uh, you know, he didn't really jive with the rest of the team. I mean, that's part of his story. But Captain America wasn't cool. People made fun of Captain America. The Winter Soldier not only made Captain America freaking cool, it made him matter. It was one of the first real genre switches. And for the Russos making it their first action film, it it was just one of those moments where it's like nobody was expecting it to be as cool as it was. Now, a lot of people knew who Bucky Barnes the Winter Soldier was, and they were familiar with the story. So for that, people were excited. But no one was necessarily excited to see Chris Evans again. This movie made Chris Evans... Steve Rogers, as far as I'm concerned. And it was that way for many people. No one makes fun of Cap anymore. People will say that Cap is their favorite hero. And if it weren't for this movie, he would not be the heart and soul of the MCU that he has been for the last uh, two and a half phases. So, I mean, this film, this is the, I've probably seen this movie more than any other Marvel flick. It has action that borderlines on John Wick. I love that Robert Redford was cast in a role that kind of reminds you of, um, you know, uh, the three days of the Condor, that 1970s espionage thriller flick he did. I love those uh, early Cold War type films. Everything about this movie is just great from the score to the special effects. I'm a big Frank Grillo fan. Um, I mean, just uh, there, I, I can't find anything I really dislike about this film. It is for me, 
the film that solidified that the MCU isn't just a franchise that has a bunch of like, you know, chapters that you can't feel obligated to see. They've got movies that you want to see because they're genuinely good movies. And this is everything you want and more in one Marvel flick. If I had to pick any MCU film to stick in a time capsule and like shoot it off into space to show the best of humanity to aliens, it would be the Winter yeah, and Soldier. I, I can't really argue with it. I, I was kind of the same way, and pretty much everything with Captain America has aged very well for me. Like I, the as I mentioned earlier, uh, the first Avenger was not my favorite movie. I actually kind of thought it was boring at first, and the more I've watched it, the more and and the more I watch it in the context of his entire character arc within the MCU, which runs through Winter Soldier. Um, and culminates in Endgame. I, I think his story, other than I mean, it's 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 tough because Tony's Tony's arc is pretty incredible too, uh, with his final sacrifice in Endgame. Uh, but I got to say, I think I think I like Captain America's arc the best of, of anybody in, in the MCU because it starts in fucking World War Two. I, I mean, it just it doesn't get much better than that, and it ends with him finally getting that last dance and living his life with Peggy Carter, and, and that is kind of why I Endgame just finished a little bit ahead for me but it, it was so close like I said I, I could put either of those movies at number one and and to me these are both five star films these are both the cream of the crop and I really won't argue anything you said about Winter Soldier it's, it's a fantastic movie and I, I could have these are one and one a really for me um, that being said I have crunched the numbers I have done the math are you ready for me to reveal the final official SPC MCU movie rankings Remzo are you ready for this let's do All it right, from bottom to top we'll start with number 28 the Eternals. <laughs> no, no surprise. No surprise there. Our, our, by far, our, our consensus pick and the thing we agree upon the most by far of anything in the universe. Uh, number 27, Thor the Dark World. Uh, number 26, Captain Marvel. Number 25, Iron Man 2. Number 24, Thor. Number 23, Ant-Man. Number 22, Spider-Man Far From Home, our consensus least favorite Spider-Man film. Uh, number 21, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Number 20, Black Widow. Number 19, Iron Man 3. And I'm willing to bet Iron Man 3 is higher on our list than any other list out there because it's it's almost universally ranked as one of the worst movies in the MCU, which I think is just silly. While it's certainly not one of the best, calling it one of the worst is absurd. It's I would watch this movie all day long before I ever watch Eternals again. Uh, yeah, of course. It's a Christmas movie. Um, I'm going to watch it this 18, Christmas. Remzo's Christmas movie list. That and that, that Shazam. Remzo's, Remzo's um, Christmas, retroactive Christmas movies list. Um, number 18, Spider-Man Homecoming. Number 17, The Incredible <laughs> Hulk. This is, I think, actually... That's huge. I mean, that is... That that's actually surprises it on, me. It either doesn't make most lists or it is like very close to the bottom, much like Iron Man 3 is. So I think both of us are way higher on, on Incredible Hulk than pretty much anybody else. They do. Yes, they Other do. people have the right uh, to their see. wrong opinions. Number 16, Avengers Age of Ultron. Number 15, Doctor Strange. Number 14, Black Panther. Probably lower than it is on most lists. It, it typically does land in the top 10, but we, we still really liked it. It's just, like we've said a few times, it's, it's abundance of, uh, of wealth at this point. Number 13, this is actually a tie for number 13. It's a tie between Shang-Chi and Captain America, the first Avenger. Both very fine, maybe the two best origin films. Oh, Iron Man. Iron Man's in there right too. Oh. 
if, if you had if you had to pick right now, if if you had to watch one of those movies, probably Shang Chi to be honest, because it, Shang Chi, it, it's yeah. just fun. You know, it's like it's like I don't have to think about it. There's no lulls. I mean, it, it's just it's just so much fun, and that that is um, and it, it never slows down. So I think I would watch Shang Chi, but it, it's close. I feel like I really have to be in the mood to watch First Avenger, where Shang Chi, I could like turn it on in the background and enjoy it. Yes, it, it, exactly. Because you got to really kind of pay attention to the first Avenger. It's it's more yeah. story driven than than action driven. Um, it's it's kind of like an like an Alan Moore or a Neil Gaiman book. I got to be in the right mood Agreed. to sit down and watch it. It's not really a background kind of deal. Uh, Avengers number eleven is the Avengers number ten. Thor Ragnarok t- typically lands in the top five on a lot of lists too. We're a little bit lower on that than most. Uh, number nine, Infinity War. This is all due to you ranking it so incredibly bafflingly low. But well, it is what it is. What was it? It was. Let's see. Let's go. It was your thirteen. Uh, oh, that's 16. at the cusp. I stand by that. That I think that's probably our biggest disagreement is uh, in, our biggest disagreements are Infinity War, Doctor Strange. I'm way, way higher on Doctor Strange and Spider-Man Homecoming. I, I'm much higher on, on Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, let's see. Number eight is Iron Man. Original Iron Man. Number seven is <laughs> Avengers Civil War. Oh, Captain it's America basically War, Avengers like yeah. it, it, it is basically Avengers. Everyone was there. Yeah, they, they just needed a Captain America movie. So they're like, yeah yeah i mean it's 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 truly it's the it's the other avengers movie i don't i don't know why it's a captain america movie but but you know i guess it is it is you know it's it's through his story arc but let's be honest this is an avengers movie this is really the real avengers 3 um let's see number six guardians of the galaxy volume two now we're in the golden circle the top five number five spider-man no way home honestly all these movies i I could watch like anytime and be and be totally happy with them yeah Spider-Man No Way Home, um, number four, Guardians of the Galaxy, volume uno, number three. This might even get higher for me as time goes on. I mean, I've only I've only seen it once still, so I, I, who knows? But I, I loved it so much. Um, again, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which is funny that it's our number three because we both <laughs> ranked it at number four. <laughs> but it became our number three just due to due to the math. Funny how that works. Uh, then our consensus number two, Avengers Endgame and... Finally, the consensus, not consensus, we were one off, but by the point system consensus, number one MCU film is Captain America, The Winter Soldier. And even though I ranked it number two instead of number one, I, I am perfectly happy with it landing as, as our number one because it's, it's truly just a fantastic film. Yeah. What number was Spider-Man Homecoming again? Pretty low, 18. That's all because of you. That's all because I, I had it pretty high. Yeah, but I, I, I'm I'm very satisfied that Winter Soldier made it to number one. I agree. I agree. No argument. I'm I'm happy with the number one, and I'm happy with the number twenty-eight. I mean that. That's that's a pretty good place to land. <laughs> I don't understand anybody that could say this is better than Incredible Hulk or Iron Man three. That that's just fucking absurd. That's just plain goddamn. I mean, I would say that Eternals is the least MCU film, which is baffling because you have all these like you know overpaid critics on like Rotten Tomatoes saying this is you know uh, multiverse of Mad- multiverse of madness is uh, you know the most non Marvel Marvel film. I'm like, but Eternals like it, it didn't it didn't feel that way. Like it, it just it was it was wrong. It was directorially wrong. It was the screenplay was wrong. You don't fucking cover up Selma Hayek. Like, it's just... It, it, and Angelina Jolie? My God. Yeah, I mean, it feels like they hated... It, it feels like they hated the MCU. That's how I felt about Eternals. I felt like they hated the MCU. Well, I, I'm pretty sure Chloe Zhao said she, like, doesn't even, like, watch MCU movies and doesn't doesn't know anything about the Eternals. And yeah, I think that all shows. 
Alrighty, well that wraps it up, Remzo. This was a, a fun little side side adventure here uh, from our, our normal format, but uh, I think this is one, I, I, I don't want to commit to this, but it would be fun to revisit visit this in five years, but my God, how many more movies are we going to have to rent in five years? I, I, I don't another 28 i think another 28 and don't even get me started on on the disney plus shows i mean that's that's going to be have to be its own its own other thing i I will see wherever we place agents of shield will piss off half the audience i've never watched one second of that show that will have already pissed off half the audience really are are, are there agents of shields fans oh my gosh the agents of shield fan community is you want to talk about toxic fandom (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the ages of shield community i don't get it and sam jackson's not even in this movie right in the show right no well he's in two episodes he's in he's in a two episode uh deal. That's, that that would be the only appeal i could imagine if, if sam jackson was in it regularly i probably would have watched my it. my brother my brother ryan loves this show at like a fanatic level i don't understand after season one i was like i'm i'm out i still have to watch I never see, saw Punisher. I've only seen his 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 uh, Daredevil season two. I never actually watched the Punisher, so I'm going to watch that before I before I get to say. Let, let, let's put it this way: Punisher season one was a drudge, and I didn't even bother watching season two. I didn't even know there was a season two. There was a season two. Well, nobody really did. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed John Bernthal in Daredevil, but I just never I never got around to. to but maybe that's maybe it that sounds like that's fine. Like a lot of things, I think it, it it's less about the actors; it's more about the story and the writing. And I think who depending on who the writers and the directors are, I think that changes it because a lot of these films, like no one no one can complain that Robert Downey Jr. is probably the best actor in the MCU. But notice where his films fall. And there's such a discrepancy between the first Iron Man and Iron Man 2. It has nothing to do with his ability of an actor or the cast or anything. It always has to do with how it's written. Absolutely. But these are just our opinions, folks. We have the right to be right. Just opinions, folks. You can express (laughs) your opinions. Um, Well, you can express them however you want. But uh, if you want to express them inside the Second Print Comics fan zone, you can get access to that on Facebook by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash secondprintpod, where you could also hear this episode earlier than anyone else, where you could also hear uh, Remzo and Caleb's review of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. You could hear, you could have heard my instant non-spoiler reaction to Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, That's why we didn't really go into details about that film in this episode, because um, we have not publicly released the spoiler episode. We're trying to, we're trying to give a few weeks at least of respect to let people but frankly if you didn't see it the first week and what, what kind of fan are you Let, let's be honest but anyway we uh, hate you <laughs> yes uh remzo it has been an absolute blast uh we'll see if we revisit this in a few years uh if, if we can maintain our sanity enough to do so until next time i want to continue to encourage everybody to read comics or watch movies and, and change, change the world good night america adios amigos Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.